0: You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, welcome this morning. It's good to be here. Good to be with you. Uh, I get two weeks in a row with you guys speaking. I know. What? You know how much I can mess up in two weeks, Chris? Like, they went out of town. I was like, are you serious? Like, hand me the keys of the car. That's fun. Um... But two weeks with you. So this week, uh, the message will be a setup for next week. This week, though, I'm excited about this week's message. Uh, We had a board meeting, apostolic advisory meeting, or whatever. I don't know. Chris and Terry have a big name for it. It Sounds awesome. I always forget what it is. Uh, Essentially, it's our our leaders that we're connected to that are moms and apostolic advisory board. It's the AAB. Um, And... uh, (laughs) And so we had an AAB meeting, and um, essentially what that is, is it's uh, the people that we have in our life that um, speak into this church uh, that we consider fathers and mothers. So Leif Hetland, Tom, and Cheryl Roan and Randall Worley uh, met with uh, me and Lace and Chris and Terry. And we just talked about where the church is, some of the testimonies that have happened, how this this family is forming. It was just a really good time. Uh, we rented a space Uh, on the South side and just spent all day and ate lunch together and just talking through things with the church. Um, and getting into vision and everything else. And I think Chris and Terry have been really, really smart in the first three years of the church uh, to move slow. Uh, You know, I think people get overzealous, overexcited as leaders, and they want to implement everything all at once. And then all of a sudden you have all these moving parts and you're not sure why some of them are moving and why you started them and you don't have the right people in the right spots to lead them. And how many of you know, like, if you like if you have a baby yourself you're going to take a lot better care of that baby than if somebody else has the baby and and it you know goes in its diaper or something you're not going to be as Apt to just jump to the, the diaper changing, right? You're not going to be like, oh, hey, it smells like your baby needs a new diaper. You're just going to jump on it. But when you have your own baby, it's like, you know, there's a responsibility that comes with it. And it's that way with ministries, you know, if you start a bunch of ministries and you don't have the right people leading those ministries, they're not going to take responsibility for it. And it, when you put the right person in, that person takes responsibility and develops it and runs it. And then you get to sit back and watch this brilliant thing happen because they're the right person. And so Chris and Terry, I think, have been very smart about not just throwing everything. Like, we do this because we're a church, you know? Like, oh, we have all these things happening. Why? Because we're a church. That's what churches do. Instead, they've taken their time. Uh, But now it feels like it's time to, uh, moving into this fall, we're really going to start taking some steps. Uh, in in the area of j- developing everything we do and adding some new stuff and having fun with it and you know pulling people into places where they can come alive and do all that so that was kind of one of those conversations and uh, one of the things that came out um, is uh, and and this doesn't this doesn't feel revolutionary but we're like you know we feel like we're supposed to um, help foster and create a supernatural family and and that's the heart here and the The problem with that heart is you've heard it a lot in a lot of places. And it hasn't always been a great thing uh, because sometimes the word family has been used in maybe more abusive way in church or maybe a, a completely like non-existent way in church, like throw the word family out there, but zero like follow-through or heart about it, but it's a great tagline. And then, so then we get kind of turned off to the term family or cold or uh, kind of desensitized to the term family. And we just got to go, oh yeah, that's what churches say. Uh, But the truth of the matter is we really, really, really want to do family here. We don't want it to be a tagline. We don't want it to just be, uh, you know, something that you read when you come in the door and you're like, yeah, all churches say that. We want we want family to manifest in this place. And so when we were talking about it, we were kind of laying out what, what we thought it would look like and different things. And uh, Randall stopped us and said, um, you know, I've been, he's been traveling full time, I think for 50 years now. Maybe I, maybe I added a few, I don't know. I can't tell. For a long time, for decades, it's true. And, um, and he said, I've been to churches all over the place and I've heard a lot of churches say the tagline and never be able to follow it with the heart but what you guys are explaining is the heart behind it and he said if you can actually create what you're saying you want to create you will be an anomaly among churches Woo! and which which is sad uh, which is sad and also but it's exciting uh, because we have an opportunity to do something it's sad because it should be normal like if we created a supernatural family, like the body of Christ that moves supernaturally together and when you came in, you felt like you belonged, you felt like you were loved, you felt like you were known, like people prophesy your destiny, they see you through heaven's eyes rather than your past or through hell's eyes, right? Like they call out the gold in you. Like if we created that kind of community and that kind of church family, uh, do you think we would blend in with the rest of the churches? Right? That have been around. But unfortunately, that's not the truth always. There are some great churches in this area. Uh, I, I, love, I love church. I love the lo- local church. I am not a fan of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. People say, oh, the church, you know, it's an old wineskin. No, it's not take your home church of 10 people and I'll take my church of 200 and watch how much impact these 200 have compared to your 10. I'm just telling you, in the numbers of the body coming together in unity, there is so much synergy and impact that can happen in a city and there's so much spread of the gospel that can happen. It's just simple, 200 can spread the gospel and once we get to four and five and six, then we're gonna have to like send you away to go do something else, but uh, (laughs) this is what we're doing, we're creating supernatural family. And so in that supernatural family, um, we threw out the words irresistible culture. And we were talking about the disciples and and, uh, Randall was still talking to us about that. And so when we were talking about family, we started talking about creating an irresistible culture in family. And uh, he started saying, well, that's actually what the disciples did. The disciples didn't have the form of evangelism that you'd hear preached in most churches today. Like they weren't, it wasn't the the things that we do that we call outreach or discipleship. What the disciples had was an irresistible culture that looked like family. They were meeting in their homes around the dinner table, and that's where salvations would happen. So when they came together in the congregation, the congregation would come together to tell the testimony of what God was doing in the community. This was a gathering of strength so you could look in each other's eyes and go, yes, keep going. And then they would go out and they would do family well together and invite people into their homes and eat with people. And as they did family, people would come into their homes and experience an irresistible culture. They would experience a culture of the kingdom that they could not run from. It was something they knew in their hearts that they had been hungry for all along. And so we started talking about that. We all started getting stirred around the idea of family we started getting stirred around the idea of an irresistible culture I I, that is one thing that excites me about church well that sounds sad the one thing that excites the only thing I get excited about with church no one of the things that excites me about church I dream about it is have you ever been a visitor at a church obviously you were at this one at one point right See, I, we, I got saved and then went into full-time ministry. So it was really weird. Uh, we had never missed church. Like, we, I got saved, went into school ministry, and you're not really allowed to miss church in school ministry because it's attendance. And so we did that, and then we went into full-time volunteer ministry, and then moved and went into full-time youth ministry, and then moved here and did full-time ministry here, and then back on the coast, did full-time ministry, and now we're back here. To, we've always been in full-time ministry. So I've never been a church person. Never been a church person, except there was this gap. Uh, between here and California that we got to be church people. And it was so weird (laughs) to walk in and not have anything expected of you. Like, I'm not speaking. I'm not doing transition. I don't have to worry where the physical offering ends up after we take it. Like, there's things you don't think about when you just come in. Like, there are things. Like, Are the chairs set up? This morning, praise God, I came to set up the chairs and Julie had already done it. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And Raul's here hanging stuff. There's like people buzzing. It was just awesome. But we got to be church people. And so we went to Passion City Church for a little while and Six Flags was our other church. (laughs) Dude, they play Christian music on Sundays. It's beautiful. It'd be like, I would hashtag my church and then hashtag Six Flags more fun. Um, but it was our only time to not be in ministry, and we would come to Passion City, and we would experience what people experience when they come to church, and and Passion City is a beautiful church, and I got to experience the side of irresistible culture that Passion City carries, and so I get excited about thinking about our church that a visitor could walk through these doors, and in our irresistible culture, it would have a prophetic uh, uh, strength to it that when people walk through these doors, they would meet a supernatural family, that people would look at them, and you know, just like the woman at the well, Jesus told her a few things about herself. She walked away, and she said, he knew everything about my life, That people would come here and they would feel like through this family and this body that they experienced the eyes of Jesus. Like looking at them and knowing everything about them. That they would walk out of this building feeling strengthened. That they would walk out of this place feeling like we've heard it over and over. So let me just tell you the testimony of who you are. So you might not hear it, but we hear it because people uh, write us on the um, website. They send in little things. And even on the school uh, page, they'll send in stuff. But do you know what people experience when they come here? And if you're a visitor, I hope this is your experience today. Um, but when people come here, they experience people that are so kind and so loving. That's the report that comes back. They say, "When man, your church, everybody was so kind to me and so loving to me. People actually wanted to know who I was and get to know me my first Sunday there. And that's the report that's coming back here. So we are at the beginning of creating this irresistible culture of family in this place. I say at the beginning because that excites me that we're, like, we, we, are, we have not arrived, but we are on the right path, going the right direction, and that's exciting. I get excited about people walking in here, and just like Jesus' ministry, like when he's at the pool of Bethesda and he's just walking around, people are like getting up from their mats that they had been sitting on for 40 plus years. they have been in this illness in this pain. I get excited about people coming here and walking into this supernatural, irresistible culture. It's a supernatural culture. It's not just a church culture. Like It's a supernatural. It's a kingdom family. And where kingdom family is, the kingdom moves because Jesus rules and reigns. And so when people walk in here, they walk in here with pain and and, and illness and they walk out healed because that's who he is. He said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leopard, cast out demons, freely receive, freely give. Like, so when they come into this irresistible culture, there's just the free flowing, free gift of who he is. That's beautiful. I get excited about these things. I get excited about people driving through our parking lot to go to the little movie or game place down there, and when they drive through worships flooding out of this balcony like a waterfall and as they drive through they get blasted by the presence of a living God and they get saved and healed and delivered just driving through our parking lot. So how, then what happens in the building if that happens in the parking lot? This is what I get excited about. I don't know if you can tell, but I don't want to do church as normal. Or, what, or what, what normal has become in a lot of places. I want to do church as normal in the way that it's supposed to be kingdom normal. Like in the kingdom, the supernatural is a natural appetite of every believer. It's something that flows from you. It's not something you worked for. It's something that you inherited. It came to you and it flows through you. It flows from you. The supernatural is natural in your life, Supernatural. It's supernatural in your life. Like, it's not just natural, it's supernatural. No, I'm super good at that. No, it's supernatural in my life. This is what kingdom family looks like it's a people that know each other and believe in each other. It's a people that, this is the thing too, it's a people that show up and know that they're not just here to fill a seat. Like, there is a purpose and a destiny in your life. And if we're going to do supernatural family, we can't do it without you. Otherwise, just some dude up here with a microphone, right? And, and Cody and Julie singing and these guys playing. But then if you're not here, what are we doing? Supernatural family, you are the most important part of the service. Because you are the family, you are the body. So when people come in, they come in contact with you, someone who has been trained and equipped and raised up and has fire in their eyes and a dream in their heart. And they are contagious to people that get around them. Not COVID contagious, but kingdom contagious to everyone that gets around them. Like there's no vaccine on the planet that can vaccinate someone from what you're contagious with, it's the kingdom. It actually grabs a hold of parts in people's hearts that they go, oh my gosh, that's what I've been longing for. That's what I've been yearning for. This is what I've been wanting to be a part of. My dream, our dream here is that when people would come into this place, and it doesn't have to be this building, wherever we go, that when they would get around this family, that they would have contact with this family, what they would experience would be the kingdom. And the kingdom is fun. And the kingdom is exciting. And the kingdom is explosive. And the kingdom is powerful. And the kingdom is fire and light. And the kingdom is water to a thirsty soul. It's water that does never run dry. It's a well inside someone. And the kingdom is the father's voice calling to his children. And the kingdom is the answer, the cry of the children, Abba, Father. And it's this... Family that happens, and it's exciting. Listen to me. If you have a boring Christianity, it's not because Jesus is boring. I've said it a thousand times. It's because you're boring. I'm serious. Say it again. Jesus is exciting. Christianity is exciting. It is a rush. It's jumping out of a plane without a parachute going, God, you're gonna catch me, right? I mean, that's Christianity. This is what it looks like. It is not boring. It is not monotonous. It is not Groundhog's Day. It is not a life spent on your knees baking. It's sons and daughters standing up tall. Shoulders rolled back. Lungs full of air. Declaring the truth of the kingdom over the land that's in front of them. It's everywhere we walk. Everywhere the soles of your feet touch. The kingdom is taking authority the kingdom is growing it's it's people being saved by the thousands it's the day of Pentecost when the disciples went out with fire in their eyes and the Holy Spirit burning on them and thousands were added to their number that day why because it was an irresistible culture and the father was at the forefront of it yes. so so it's exciting yeah. it's exciting oh. <laughs> I get to my notes or I'm just going to keep This could, oh, my phone's trying to pay for something. (laughs) My bank card just popped. Does yours ever do that? Where it's just your bank card and you're like, I'm nowhere near anything that I want to buy. (laughs) Culture, culture is important. A bad culture will consistently undermine an amazing mission and vision. But a good culture will confirm and affirm. It will substantiate the mission and the vision a good culture, a family culture, the kind of culture that people walk in and they go, there's something special about that place. I just heard that this morning. There's something special about this place. And, and you know what's fun to look around? Just, I just wanna keep patting you guys on the back a little bit. It's fun to look around because I got to visit uh, and speak when the church got planted. The first day I got to speak, that was cool. Uh, before we ever had an idea that we would be here. I guess Chris and Terry did, but we were like, no. Yeah. Uh, we're not coming back to Georgia. We were stubborn, and Jesus is like, "Don't worry, I'll work on them." And we were like, "Whatever." <laughs> and um, so I got to see the church then, and then we came and spoke a couple other times. I got to see—I've got to see the church through different processes and growth, and um, and then being here for the last year, which a year and a couple in a couple days it'll be a year. I was on the road today. Year for you, not for me. Yet. That's true. She's always ahead of me. <laughs> I am older, though, even though I'm 42 twice, I'm still older than you. <laughs> anyway, so being here for the last year also, I can tell you, like, I, I went to the back this morning, and I'm just watching in worship, and the way you worship is different than the way you worshiped a year ago. The way you worship, like, the the majority of you in here, you could just see the the worship, like, there is a forward pressing in worship. There's not a... um. I've been to churches all over the world, and a lot of the times in the Western church, what you see at church is a consumer Christianity. It's, I'm going to come to church, but you better entertain me, and you better play the songs I like, or you know what? Me and my tithe check are going down the road, and I'm like, well, have fun. Because that's not what we're doing here. Consumer Christianity. I'm going to say this once. And if it offends you, then right on. If you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that yelped is the one that got hit. But it's not about you. Church is not about you. (laughs) Jesus is all about you. Jesus is all about you. And, it, and if you're unsaved, then this is absolutely about you. And if you're a new baby Christian, then come on, we're all about you. But if, if you have some maturity and you've been here for a while, church isn't about you. Worship is not about us. When the worship becomes about us, dear God, close the doors. Don't let us in. I'm trying to be nice by saying this, I'm talking to myself too. Worship's not about us, it's about Him. So if, we're, if, if our culture amounts to us showing up to be entertained, then good Lord, let's start over. Let's just erase, like these walls. Did you know you can write on these walls? They're awesome. These are whiteboards. You can write on them and then you can erase them. Well, let's just erase it because if we're showing up to be entertained, then let's hope it's a whiteboard and we can erase it and start over. But I don't see that here. I see worshipers, and that's part of the vision of being a family is that we would be worshipers that worship in spirit and in truth, that when people come into our worship, they're impacted by the worship, like their heart feels like it has wings on it, everything in them opens up and grows in this worship. There is like a a cry in their heart that comes out that our worship would cause tears to fall from faces because there's something inside of them that has always had this cry, but it's never been unleashed until they walk into this irresistible culture. Does that make sense? I get excited about this stuff. A bad culture will consistently undermine an amazing mission and vision, but strong family culture. It's contagious. And it stirs things up in people that may have been dormant for years. And it unveils the eyes. And the eyes get to see what the kingdom sees. The eyes get to see what Jesus sees. And the ears get to hear what he's saying because they walked into an irresistible culture. In the Bible, Saul finds himself among the prophets and he starts to prophesy. He lays naked and prophesies. But he starts to prophesy, which we're not doing here. Uh, He starts to prophesy. I just had to put that out there. It's not the irresistible culture we're going for. Uh, If the Lord does it with you, we pray he does it in the privacy of your own home. But Saul finds himself among the prophets and he starts to prophesy. And the question is, is Saul among the prophets? Not is he around the prophets, but is Saul a prophet? What happened was Saul got around the prophets, and the spirit of prophecy jumped on Saul, the anointing of prophecy, the the, that that thing inside him, and he just started to prophesy because he got around the prophets. Well, what happens when people get around our church body? What happens when they get around our church family? What is the manifestation that happens inside people when they they get around us. That's the question. The excitement is what could it look like? It could be the kingdom. What, what if people that walk in that they're like, I'm an atheist and I'm proud of it. And I don't like, I, I've had people say bad things about Jesus to my face, show up to my church, and then they get rocked by the presence of God. They're crying. And when they walk out, they're praising Jesus. We've seen it happen in the streets of San Francisco. There was a homeless guy and he was wearing a black, like this cloak and his, his spine was stuck like this huge hump on his back, and he's wearing, he's using this cane, and he could barely walk, and he was saying a bad word before the name Jesus over and over to us. He just kept saying it, thinking he would uh, offend us, and, and we're like, look, dude, you're not gonna offend us. I mean, bummer for you, but like, you're not changing anything about us when you say that. It sounds dumb, this sounds real bad. Uh, but anyway, so he's standing around us, and we just said, well, we, we, we believe that Jesus can heal your spine. He said it again, beep, Jesus, you know? And we're like, oh, well, you don't have to believe for Jesus to believe in you, right? Like, Jesus is bigger than your unbelief. And so, you know, in the church, we have all these rules, like, well, they do they believe enough to get healed? Oh, forget that. Like, Jesus is bigger than their unbelief. I can promise you that. His belief is bigger than their unbelief. So we just said, we don't need you to believe for you to get healed. And we're just kind of like, it was like messing with this this guy, right? And he's like, just keep saying it. And we pray for this guy and his back pops straight. He stands up like this, pops straight. We were with me and Lace and our friend Jason, and these two guys were getting, him and another guy were like bickering and getting in a fight, and his back pops straight, and this dude literally, it was like watching like something at the Fox Theater. This dude literally throws his black cloak off, drops his cane, and starts doing cartwheels in the middle of the Mission District in San Francisco at 1130 at night. The cops would come and be like, you guys shouldn't be out here. It's dangerous out here. But they didn't realize, like, the dangerous thing was it was dangerous for hell to be out there when we were out there. Because people were getting saved, healed, and delivered on the streets of San Francisco in the middle of the prostitution district. This guy's doing cartwheels. We had to stop him from trying to do cartwheels down the escalator. We're like, no, dude. Like, you're excited. He went from beep Jesus to praise Jesus because there is a culture inside of each one of us. Like, you are not left out of it. It's not for the clergy. <laughs> That's just a dumb name anyway. I don't like that name, clergy. That sounds like, I don't know. I don't like paperwork. It sounds like paperwork all day, <laughs> clergy. That's how it works. It's not for the clergy, it's for the believer. The believer, what do you believe in? The kingdom, him, Jesus. And when you believe, these things will be added to you. You've been commissioned, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leopard, cast out demons. Freely, you get that stuff. And you get to just give it freely. This is the irresistible culture. Um, Lacey brought it up this week. Well, we sang it. Lacey said it. And now I'm back to it because it was already in my notes. But Matthew 6, verse 5 through 13 uh, is the prayer that's in the Bible for us. It was Jesus teaching us how to pray, right? And he starts off, he says, Our Father, who art in heaven. I learned it when I was in Christian school as a kid. And so I always say, Art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven or another translation would be in earth as it is in heaven but listen to that prayer because this is part of the irresistible culture our father is how it starts so right away you've got to know that part of the irresistible culture is truly being sons and daughters and if you are sons and daughters and he's a father then it's a family right and so part of the culture is the very beginning, like the birth seed of this culture is family. And it's supernatural family. Because listen to this. Our Father, who is where? In heaven. In, heaven. In heaven. Hallowed be thy name. You know what the word hallowed mean? It means otherworldly. Otherworldly is your name. So right away, you've got to know that you are not of this world. Amen. You, you are an alien into this world, the Bible says. You are an alien. You're just here having a human experience. Like you are here representing a different place, a different culture. You're representing a different model of family. Your father who is in heaven is otherworldly. Even his name is otherworldly. You are part of a supernatural otherworldly family. Your residence is in heaven. You just have a world visa. Like, you get to come here and be you. Why? Because you get to represent the economy of heaven. You get to represent the lifestyle of heaven. You get to represent the family of heaven. You get to represent the core values of heaven. Like, you are not here to just have a regular human experience. You are here to have a supernatural, outbreaking experience as a human being. Your Father, who's in heaven, otherworldly is His name. He's not a resident of earth. He overshadows it all. It is all in Him and through him and it becomes part of him and you get to be a part of that you get to be a part of a supernaturally or supernatural family our father who is in heaven hallowed be thy name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven there is your purpose you are a son or a daughter you're part of a supernatural family and you have a mission and a purpose your father you're part of a family that makes you a son or a daughter who is in heaven that's your, that's your natural residence, seated in heavenly places with him, right? That's what the Bible says. Who is in heaven? He is otherworldly. Even his name is otherworldly. He cannot be contained by a worldly name. This is the culture of your family. This is the natural, like, I got that from my dad. You know, like, oh, she's got her daddy's nose. Like, well, you got, you got your daddy's supernatural. That's what you got. You got the otherworldly part of who your dad is And and it and it lives in you and it wants out and it's contagious and it's attractive and people have a cry in their heart for it even if they can't put words to what it is you are part of a supernatural family when people come here they shouldn't just experience what they experience when they go anywhere else when people come here they should experience the outbreak of the kingdom of heaven When people come here, there should be happenings that you can't put into earthly words. Well, what happened? I can't explain it, but it was awesome. We were part of a church for a little while that was going for this, and things were just moving and shaking and rolling, and it was so exciting because people would literally cut their vacation short to not miss church on a Sunday, as our pastors are on vacation on a Sunday. But (laughs) (laughs) it was there. It was like it was low-hanging fruit. I had to do it. (laughs) it was like a underhand throw oh no no okay that aside they they need a break they've been doing amazing they never take vacation they deserve it it was just too easy uh but people would cut their vacations short to be at church on sunday i remember flying in from australia i was in australia for 10 days speaking twice a day so i spoke like 20 times no well more like 18 times because you have to fly there But I spoke so many times, my voice was gone. And flying in from Australia, landing at six in the morning, changing my clothes in the airport, getting picked up from the airport and driving straight to church so that I could speak at church on a Sunday after flying for 18 hours. Why? Because I was so excited, didn't want to miss a thing. People were driving from other states to be part of what we were doing. Why? Because there's something attractive about supernatural family and when church is really on the mission, the right mission instead of on their own mission or in the words of Johnny Cash, building their kingdom of dirt, like that's not what we're building. We're building the kingdom and when family gets on mission to build the kingdom, it is attractive. You don't need all these like ploys and ideas and plans to try to convince people to come into your church. We, we had, when we had our youth group, we had people show up at church on Sunday that were still drunk from the bar on Saturday night. They went home and realized that there was something, they, they didn't know why, but they would walk in most of the time at the end of worship, they come walking in like this and I'd be like, Hey, how are you doing? And they're like, I don't know why I'm here. And I'm like, well, <laughs> that's cool. I probably do, but <laughs> they, I don't know why I just felt like I was supposed to be here. Why am I here? Like they're literally ask that. And then end up, one lady, it was so funny because our pastor was speaking and he was speaking about the doldrums, which are a part in the ocean where, it's just burned into my memory now. It's a part in the ocean where there's no current and no wind, so you just get stuck there and you never move. And uh, it's so funny that she got saved at that time of that part of that message, but he was talking about it. And this lady just walks in, she's like, I have to know Jesus! And runs to the front, and throws her, everybody's just like in that part of the message. They're like, and she's like, I have to know Jesus! Runs in from the bar on Saturday night. Why? Because our 14 and 15 year olds were praying that night, the night before that God would show up at the bar and wreck people's hearts and they would come stumbling into church Sunday morning. And it happened. People are attracted to a supernatural culture. People will stumble in from the bar to not miss church on Sunday mornings. <laughs> that did sound funny. I know me and you were the only ones that put that weird thought together. Yeah. So what does it look like to have a supernatural culture? The very first part of supernatural culture is identity. When there's identity that's real and true, and it is in this place that when people come in, they run face first into their their true identity, into their true self, who they are. First it is, identity is sons and daughters. We are sons and daughters of a good, good, good father. Like we are sons and daughters of the most high God. We are not uh, uh, just, Hey, we'll let you squeak in. Hey, you can come sit with us today, see how it feels. Hey, we might get your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. You get into heaven that way, but make sure you bring your ticket because if you forget your ticket, you can't get in. It's like, it, this is not a thing where we're walking this tightrope walk hoping to be considered part of something. Like the very first step of supernatural family is when you come in, your identity is right there. You are accepted as a son or as a daughter, like you walk into a family where you all of a sudden are a son and a daughter, and that can be uncomfortable sometimes, right, but that 's what we are. Like we had a girl that um, we that we met through some stuff with conferences with youth conferences, and she was in a really bad place in life and experiencing some really bad stuff and um, the only answer from, for her was to get out of her location and into another location that was healthy because what was happening to her uh, was just really, really bad. And so we just took the call and we're like, listen, she actually put it on Facebook. Uh, if anybody cares, I'm going to take my life tonight. And um, I just randomly didn't know her, but prayed for her at a youth conference years before. And um, so just put it out there, said, hey, here's my phone number. Call me. And uh, she called and we got to talk to her for a few hours and then like within the next couple days she was moving to our house in California. And uh, is this okay? You're looking at me serious? No, I'm just saying, it, so it's, I'm not gonna get personal. But she moved to our house in California and she started experiencing family right away. And I can tell you this, if you're not used to family or you're not used to experiencing healthy family or you're not used to being accepted for not performing but just for being, like then it's going to be really uncomfortable for you to be in this environment but it'll be the best thing for you to be in this environment so she came to our family and all of a sudden she's a daughter in our house like she went everywhere with us she ate everything with us she did christmas with us she did easter with us she did mother's day and father's day with us like she was part of the family and it pushed every button inside of her cuz she wasn't used to that but you know what it was it was the greatest thing for her and when things would come around that would like push it it was you know everything in you wants to run but family says, come on, and pulls you closer, and you're like, ah! <laughs> Anybody at all? Anybody? When I walked into the church, I couldn't hug dads. I didn't know how. I'm like, this feels weird, you know? Like, stand up. I would be like this. Stand up, please. So, he's a dad, I would be like this. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, trying to hold, like, hey! And they try to hug me, and it would be so awkward, you know? And then you, and when, when you're awkward with hugs, you don't know which side to go in, so then you both pick the same side, and you're like, oh, God. And that was me hugging dads. And I remember at Bethel Redding, like all the dads would just want to come up and give me hugs. And I'd be like, oh, (laughs) because I didn't know how, I didn't know what, I didn't know how to have a dad. I didn't know how to be a son, but dads would come up and hug me. And they would hug me and not let go. And I'd be like, oh. (laughs) Come on, man. You know you know when you give the courtesy pats? Like, yeah, yeah, I feel your love just now. If you could be on your way. If they would just keep hugging me. I'd be like, ah. And uh, I remember two different guys that came to Bethel and spoke in my school ministry class. Uh, one was Randall Worley, and the other one was Bobby Connor. And both of those guys, when they walked through the class, they were ministering over students, and when they walked through the class, hugged me and would not let go. I'm like okay, I'm like, literally there's a point in the hug where I'm just standing like this. (laughs) Like my arms aren't doing anything anymore and I'm like, okay. And they hug me until something broke inside of me. And that's what supernatural family does. Supernatural family brings you in. Supernatural family embraces you. I'm not just talking about physically. Embraces you. And supernatural family holds on to you until those things that make you wanna run break inside of you those those orphan tendencies that say no you don't belong here those orphan tendencies that say oh you're not good enough those orphan tendencies that go oh watch They'll turn their back on you too. Because a lot of us have been hurt in a lot of ways, right? By regular family and by church family. And so we have these hangups and we have these buttons that get pushed and we have these things that make us want to run. But the greatest place you can be is in the middle of family when you feel that way. And supernatural family grabs a hold of you and doesn't let go. And when you try to run, they're like, Where are we going? <laughs> you know, you're like, They all have running shoes on. Why is this? Because oh, we're used to chasing people. <laughs> Super (laughs) nice Huh? In a good way. In a good way, yeah, right? I mean yeah. We although we did have a girl in our youth group named Chelsea, and um she would pray for people at her high school and they would get healed, and one day she came to youth group and she goes, Scott. And I'm like, What? And she's like, People with crutches and wheelchairs can't outrun you. Like that's what she (laughs) said to me. Right when she came to youth group, and I'm like, uh Chelsea? (laughs) She's this little tiny quiet girl. She's like, they can't outrun you, and I'm like okay? And she's like, they have to let you pray for them. And I'm like, you just need to come sit down for a little bit, Chelsea. You just need to chill a little bit. You're taking it a little far. Your eyes look a little wild because she's just like so excited about everything kingdom happening. And I'm like, Chelsea, Chelsea some thoughts aren't meant to be said. Sons and daughters, let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians 6:18. Who? what are you guys talking about up here? <laughs> All right, 2 Corinthians six eighteen, And this is what it looks like. Oh, and this is what it sounds like. And I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. It's sons and daughters. This is our first step. The second step is belonging belonging looks like family it looks like father son and spirit it looks like you being a part of something you know the religious system says you come in and you start by behaving and then you believe and when you behave enough and you believe enough then maybe you can belong But you might have to jump through some hoops like a new members class and an application and an interview and do you tithe and do you do these things and people are shaking their heads. And if you're sick, they they might show up at your door and you think they're checking on you, see how you're doing and ask for your tithe check on that Sunday. Well, I don't know, they might do that. But religion looks like if you behave enough and believe enough, then one day you might be able to belong. But kingdom looks like you belong. Yeah. Amen. And from your belonging, you get around family. See, this is the thing about being part of family is you naturally talk a certain way because of your family. You naturally think a certain way because of your family. You have things you do that other people don't do because of your family. Like, I know families that put ketchup on mac and cheese. Weird, right? <laughs> I know families that do awesome things, though, like eat pizza with pepperoni and pineapple on it. Yeah, Uh, see, you're just not there yet. The kingdom has come, but it's still coming. It's like you're still experiencing more. It's glory to glory and faith to faith. But there's things that you do that's naturally your family. Your Thanksgiving might look different than mine. We don't eat pineapple, pepperoni, pizza on Thanksgiving, so don't worry. But it might look different than mine. Why? Because it's your normal. Well, the normal in kingdom family is this, belong. And when you belong, you start to naturally talk and look like the family you belong to. Like faith starts to fly out of your mouth, and it starts to become natural. Like you naturally start to look for people to pray for. Why? Because that's just what our family does. I remember when our kids were little and we'd go on road trips. It was crazy. My... Facebook reminders are so fun because I'll see my kids this little in like a quick trip or some like, you know, grocery store, gas station, praying for somebody on my Facebook reminders. Like they see somebody that's hurt and they're like, oh, that's not kingdom. You know, that's not right. That poor person's hurt. So they would run to him. My kids were this big and they're not asking me to come with them. They're just running over and praying for him. We made a really good friend here in Georgia. Um, Okay. We made a really good friend here in Georgia. I was looking at the time. Uh, Because My kids prayed for him. Uh, We were at uh, Wings and Things, and me and Ava and Judah. And we were at this Wings and Things. We got done eating, and there was this huge family at a big old table. There was like 18 people. Arne wasn't with us. He was too old and too cool to be with us at Wings and Things. You were also not there. No, it was just me and the kids. Okay. All right. We have different stories. Hers are usually right. I am 42 now. Apparently, she knew that all along. So we were all there, and uh, what had happened was... Anyway, we walked by the table. I'm not thinking anything. I just got done eating. I'm just going to the car. But my kids with kingdom eyes see a lady sitting at the table. It was the grandma and she had an oxygen tank right next to her and tubes going into her nose. And so their natural thought was we need to pray for her. But there's like 20 people at this table, big, loud, happy family, doing family things in there. And I'm like, you know, me personally, I got something inside of me. I'm like, I'm not going to interrupt. I would just keep walking. But my kids, because this is just what family does. It's supernatural. They stop and they're like, hey, dad, we gotta go back and pray for that lady. I'm like, what lady? And they're like, she has the oxygen thing on her face. And so I'm like, go for it. My kids, two little ones, they go running back, little. They interrupt this whole big family and they're like, can we pray for you? We saw that you have that. And she was the only one at the table. Grandma was the only one at the table that did not believe in God. The rest of them are believers. The rest of them had been praying for her. She would not let her family ever talk to her about God or pray for her But she had two weaknesses puppies and children. That's what we were told. And my kids were cute, are cute, we're cute, whatever. Cute kids come up and say, Can we pray for you? So she said she couldn't deny them because they're kids. And so she lets them pray for her. Well, she gets a prayer, and then the next day, there's something weird happening in her body. She had COPD. Uh, There's something weird happening in her body where she can breathe. And her lungs are starting to open up, and things are starting to happen. And then she starts going back to the doctor, and realizing the doctor's like, "This isn't this. This just doesn't happen, you know. What, so there's definitely like your numbers are all normal, all these things. They take her off oxygen because she's been totally healed. So, yeah, how crazy is this? The way we found out the uh, testimony was. That One of the guys at the table, who's a good friend of mine now, Will, uh, he was at a Jesus culture that I spoke at years before, recognized me from that, looked me up on Facebook, and wrote me, gave me his number, said, there's a testimony you got, where are you going, man? Nope. <laughs> said, there's a testimony you got to hear, and he tells me this whole testimony over the phone of his mother-in-law getting completely healed. The only one in the family is not a believer, and now she's a believer because Jesus touched her. It's family. And it's belonging. And when you're part of a family, you just do what family does. And family doesn't force you to do it, but it just becomes naturally part of what you do because you're part of family. The young girl that came and lived with us, she's just part of our family. So she just started doing our family things. And Thanksgiving looked like our Thanksgiving. And Christmas looked like our Christmas. And it became her normal. Why? Because that's what it is when you get around family. You get accepted and you get loved. You know, they're finding out with the drug, drug epidemic, the thing that could change and completely reverse the drug epidemic is this. Uh, you know, society naturally ostracizes people that are addicts and pushes them away. Did you know the one cure they're finding that is uh, uh, releases drugs? dopamine and all this stuff into the mind is acceptance into family, accepted back into society, being brought in where you belong. Before your actions even change, you get brought in and you are part of family. And then from that, the addiction no longer has a stronghold mentally and physically on you anymore. It starts to slip away. Why? Because you are part of something, you're brought in, you're accepted into society instead of being pushed away. Family is powerful and family is naturally supernatural whether people know it or not. We are meant to be part of Supernatural Family. It's meant to flow through our kids. It's meant to like, when our kids are doing youth group right now down the hall, they're experiencing Jesus. We're in here experiencing Jesus. The toddlers are experiencing Jesus. And when we walk out, we are all Jesus to the world around us. This is what Supernatural Family looks like. Are you guys with me? Yeah. Yeah. Religion looks like behave, believe, belong. Family says you belong first, then you start to believe then your behavior will naturally follow. For too long, the church has been in sin management, a job that was never ours. We will manage your sin, just come to us. If you open up, we will beat you with the Bible, and then you will get tired of being beat with the Bible and your (laughs) actions will change because you'll be afraid. And for so so long, the church has used fear and sin management and thought that was their job. Our job is not sin management. Our job is being family, a supernatural family. Our job is accepting people. Our job is forgiving people. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Whatever you forgive shall be forgiven. That's scary. Like that's Jesus' words to the body. Ah! We're meant to forgive, we're meant to accept. We're meant to invite in. We're meant to be a family with open arms and open doors. When I was in, I got to end, but when I was in Hollywood at the Hollywood Palladium, I've told you this story before, but I went to speak and right before I got to speak, got up to speak, the Lord screamed at me and he said, I want my kids, he yelled, I want my kids back. And it shook everything inside of me and it made tears well up in my eyes and that's been my mission ever since that day. God wants his kids back. Like we get to tell other people what dad looks like and how good he is. And we get to invite him into the family room. And we get to invite him to Thanksgiving and Christmas with us so that they can see you too are a son and a daughter. This is meant to be your place. This is your house too. You're not a visitor or a guest. You are meant to be here. This is our mission as family. All right, I gotta end. This is where I'm ending, right here. So it starts with identity, right? It goes on to belonging. And then it moves into mission and purpose. Everybody wants to have a mission and a purpose. There's a drive inside of each one of us to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. There is a natural drive inside of human beings to have impact and to do good. It's in you and it's on you. Everybody out there too. Even the people that society looks at and says that's the worst of society. Somewhere inside of them, they want to do good. There's a drive in them to do good. And you have a natural drive in you to be part of mission and to have a purpose. And that's what supernatural family does. Supernatural family extends identity. Supernatural family creates belonging, and from that belonging and being part of that family, we grab a hold of our mission. It's Isaiah 60 verse 1. It's arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness covers the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord has risen upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Kings will come to your light and nations to the brightness of your rising. Or the other way around, I said it backwards. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. There's something attractive in you and it's not meant to be held on to and coveted and closed up and put under a basket and all these things that we've tried to do as Christians. It's meant to be let out. It's meant to shine bright for the world to see. So family looks like you are here. You're a son or a daughter. You belong here and in your belonging, you're sent out to be powerful and to be amazing and let the kingdom explode around. And that's what we're building. It's simple. And that's what we're going for. You are part of Supernatural Family. Next week, we'll talk about responsibility in Supernatural Family. Next week, we'll talk about what it looks like to no longer walk in and consume, but what it looks like to be an integral part of the family. You know, when you have a family dinner, the family all helps. If you're a guest, you come and eat, you enjoy, right? Come to our house, enjoy the meal. But if you're part of the family, you're setting up, you're doing something, you're carrying a chair, like you're doing something. I don't know about your family, but my family. Man, when my mom's mom was still alive, if you weren't doing something, she would come along and she would take your knuckle, she was really good at it, and run it right up your spine. What are you doing sitting down? You're like, oh, you're right. And she would also do that if you slouched at all. It would straighten you right up. Family's meant to show up with mission and vision. Family's meant to have a part. Family's meant to have a role. If you're a guest, come be a guest. Enjoy yourself. Love being here. Problem with being a guest is in a supernatural, irresistible culture is all of a sudden you become family and then you have responsibility too. So it's just something that's gonna happen. Can you stand with me? I'm gonna invite Steven up. I feel like I spoke forever. I probably said 10,000 words just now. I think so. I spoke a book. Whew. I don't write books, I just speak them on Sundays. Mm. Something to get you excited about. We just, Lacey and I just had uh, lunch with a friend of ours named Jeff. And he is uh, one of the people that runs a massive outreach ministry in the Atlanta area. It's actually going national, uh, but it's called Frontline Ministries. And uh, we had lunch with them because they were asking for our supernatural family to partner with their ministry and for our church people and our school to start partnering regularly with their ministry. They do human trafficking ministry. They do uh, crazy amazing stuff. Um, They go into some of the lower income areas of Atlanta and they do stuff for the kids out on the streets and they do homelessness ministry and they do a thing called Princess Nights for the women and uh that were Uh, Rescued from human trafficking uh, and they give them these princess nights where they they treat them like royalty and they serve them and wash their feet and do this massive thing and they want us to be a part of that. So the mission part of things isn't just in the house, it's something that we are going out. I told you in the fall we're gearing up for more and that's part of it. This fall we are going to be going out of this building. You are invited to be out of this building and impact the area around us. Atlanta, We'll see the kingdom and we will be a part of that. This supernatural family will have impact on this city. Like our fingerprints will be on this city and it'll look like Jesus's fingerprints because he's sending us out these doors. Are you excited about that? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna invite up the prayer team, which looks like anybody that's a small group leader, home group leader, whatever we call them, life group leader, all the names we use. Or uh, if you're on the school team or you're, you know you're on the prayer team, please come up right now but I want to pray for people because you deliver a message like this and it sounds all good and people go, yay, that sounds fun. Uh, but sometimes it, it really messes with you. It messes with your insides because maybe you've been hurt. Maybe it's scary. Maybe you're like, I don't trust that. Maybe it's one of those things. And if that's you this morning, we don't want you to leave feeling that way. We want you to come get prayer because we've, I feel like if you feel that way, then God's highlighting something in your heart that he wants to heal. Like the father wants to sit with his kids and go, listen, look me in the eyes. It's going to be okay. My kids have been scared of things growing up. And sometimes it just took dad going, hey, look at me, look at me. It's going to be okay. And everything in them just kind of goes, okay, okay, I can do this. So if something is stirred in you this morning or something feels like a button got pushed or something's scary to you about this because you've heard it before or because it sounds scary, then we wanna pray for you this morning because I, I wanna see that thing start to get healed in your heart. You're not meant to be alone. You're not meant to be a lone ranger. You are, you are built to be part of family. You, you are actually designed to be in community. You are part of what heaven would call the body. You are meant to be a part of the body. And you're not meant to run from that body. And yes, things happen and we get hurt. The last thing we need to do is stay in that hurt and keep running. Sometimes we got to stop running. Sometimes we got to come to the front and go, okay, God, I've been running from family for a long time. This thing's been scaring me for a long time. But today, I'm going to be brave. Today, I'm going to trust you. Today, I'm going to look in your eyes. And today I'm going to receive your peace. So if that's you and you want prayer, then we would love to pray for you. Or if you have some other prayer need today, then we want to pray for you that too. Like if you have a physical need, a financial need, a relational need, a whatever it is need, anything at all, we'd love to pray for you because that's what family does. Family stands with each other. Family is strength for each other. When you're weak, I'm strong. When, when, you're, when I'm weak, you're strong. And we lean on each other. That's what family does. So if you have a prayer need for anything at all, we don't want you to leave. Without getting prayer. Other than that, I'm going to pray over everybody really quick because I just feel like, Father, I just ask that you would stamp each one of our hearts with a new passion and new zeal for family, God. God, that you would uh, that you would ignite us, each one of us individually, to corporately come together and show what unity looks like. Father, the Bible says that they will know us by the love that we have for each other. And Lord, I ask that you would stir up a love for each other in our hearts, God. That you, I thank you, God, that your hand is on supernatural family. And we say, Father, let your will be done in this body that you would create supernatural family among us, God. That this family would get closer, that this family would get stronger. Lord, teach us what it is to worship his family, to pray his family. God, teach us what it is to love his family. God, show us how to open our, our hearts and our and our dinner tables to each other, God. Jesus, thank you that this family is going to be used to impact this area. God, I thank you that your heart is the South, your heart is Atlanta, that you have your eyes on this area, and you're looking for families to raise up and to be a part of your kingdom coming to this area, God. So, Lord, we say, here we are. This family right here, here we are, God. We all raise our hands. And we say, here we are, God. This family's ready. We're ready to go. Jesus, I thank you that the orphan spirit will be broken in this area. I thank you that the spirit of of belonging, spirit of love, the spirit of acceptance, God, your spirit would break out in this place. I thank you that lies die in healthy family because truth is spoken to each other's hearts. God, give us eyes, prophetic eyes to see each other the way you see us, that we would begin to speak to each other the way that you see us, God, that this would be a place of destiny and dreams, that dreams would stir and bubble up in this place because supernatural family is happening. We just say yes to every single person in this place right now. We say you belong here. You are a part. You are accepted. You are wanted. You are loved. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.